mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Ah, yes. Welcome on in, everybody. It is time for Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Cold open today. I like that. That's like Levitar local hour style which you guys will hear uh, tomorrow at 9 o'clock. It'll come on after my new morning slot from 6 to 9. So, Seema, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm doing well. Adventurous day yesterday in UFC. You had UFC yeah. Newark going down, Colby Covington versus Robbie Lawler. Uh, a whiff on this one. Colby Covington went out there, and he uh, got himself a shutout decision, put a, put a pretty crazy pace on Robbie Lawler. I was shocked. I was shocked, too. I was shocked, too. You know I think the thing I was most shocked by was I don't feel like I've ever seen Robbie Lawler look that uncomfortable in a fight. Agreed. Normally, you know, Robbie Lawler, he he bathes in the in the uncomfortability of a fight. He'll take more punishment than anybody. He'll he'll take three to give you his best one, and or just outwill you. And that was the first time I can remember watching Robbie Lawler get outwilled in a fight. Just the the pace that Colby Covington set in the first couple of rounds was insane. It was insane with the takedowns, with the shifting back to the feet, the couple shots back to the takedowns. It was a it was a wild, impressive performance from Colby Covington over uh, a former champion and one of the most intimidating fighters on the planet. It almost it almost felt like Covington was playing with him. Yeah, like okay, let me do this, and talking to him in his ear. Yep. If you notice, there were there were two or three times in the first two rounds where he jumped from one side and he was grabbed, wrapped around his neck, and then all of a sudden he just jumped to the other side and wrapped around his neck for no apparent reason other than maybe to continue to get into the psyche of Robbie Lawler, but he looked completely lost. And I thought the most interesting or funny thing was Dominic Cruz continuing to say, well, maybe he's waiting till the fourth round to to turn it on. And then we got to the through the fourth round. And maybe he's waiting until the fifth round to turn it on. Or maybe he's waiting till two minutes left to turn it on. And one minute came, well, here we go. We're going to see Robbie Lawler unload. Yeah. And I, you never really got that. Yeah, and I, I've seen – I knew what Don was talking about. We've seen that kind of style from Robbie before. You think to the Carlos Condit fight or you think to the, the Hoffman Santos fight. Or Rory McDonald where it's just like – he does kind of fight in bursts, and and sometimes and they're they're just they're they're such impressive bursts in around that, you know, it's such an effective way for him to go out there and win. The I think that the thing that I found, and I never I never say that Robbie Lawler was uh, was scared in a fight because again he is he's an absolute badass. But I felt like there came a point in that fight where he was almost looking not to get finished. Agreed. You know, I felt I felt like that's the the style he went in there because he didn't want to be the guy who got knocked out or stopped by Colby Covington. That's how I felt he went about that fight. Agreed. Someone said to me last night when he walked into the cage that something doesn't look quite right about Robbie. He kind of looks deer in the headlights-ish. And, and he, he somewhat seemed it mm -hmm. halfway through the fight. And I was thoroughly impressed by Covington. I thought he did an amazing job. And, uh, you know, kudos to him. You got to take your hat off to him. No, he no doubt. an amazing fight. He was intense. He brought it. What did he have? Almost four hundred strikes. I think it was. I think. It, I think he passed the five hundred clip. Incredible. It was. Uh, it's. It's a crazy thing. And I will say, for Colby's standpoint, look, 
the guy has has really switched on getting people to care about him and by care i say i mostly mean boo and is, is taking that that chael sonnen approach where it's like you just want people to get a reaction for you so you know you go heavily uh you wear the maga hat you're heavily trump you you do all you can to to get a rise out of people um but in a in a way that means there's going to be more pressure on your performances than anybody else in the sport and we're going on you know three fights now where this whole kind of gimmick has started and he's really risen to the occasion uh he really he really has been very very impressive he's won himself an interim championship in the meanwhile and you know he is he he continues to go out there and 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 everybody continues to have to hate him but they do have to take their hat off to him i mean he was it was a great performance in the cage agreed and so we're now left at this point where I come out of that fight last night, and look, it wasn't the best fight in the world. It wasn't. It wasn't one I'm gonna be. I'm gonna remember back in the days of oh, you remember the classic of Covington versus Lawler? What 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 a classic! It definitely wasn't that. And I think especially once we got to like the fourth and fifth round, other than the way he he ended the fifth round with that uh, sick kick, spinning uh, back fist right to Robbie Lawler to cut him open. Um, it, it's not one where I'm gonna be like, well, that was an all time classic. So. Look, the homer in me, I was saying this yesterday, I still want to see Masvidal get the title shot. I think that his two performances over Darren Till and Ben Askren this year, one one was a record-breaking knockout. I felt like the star power that he rose to, I'd still like to see him get the title shot next. But obviously, after last night and all the groundwork that was laid, uh, that's not going to happen. It is going to be Usman versus Covington. It was made clear by them putting Covington up on the stage yesterday with with Kamar Usman on ESPN plus and having them uh jaw back and forth and go at it so it's pretty clear where they are going with the with the title fight next it's not going to be Masvidal it's going to be Covington versus Usman now if Covington wins that fight does he fight Masvidal that's an interesting question I don't know I don't know I mean that they, they are that you know they they are friends they are training partners they are at the same gym um what does that do? I mean, Masvidal's made it clear that he'd fight him. I mean, he 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 fight his. He said, I think he said, uh, it's either he'd fight his own mother or he'd fight his own kid for a t- for for a title shot. I think so, it was his mother. Um, yeah, Masvidal. I don't think has the issue with it. It's just, what do you do? I, I will say that gym is so big and it has so many training partners. I feel like if any gym could handle that, that gym could. Um, but I'm sure it does make for some awkwardness, no doubt, especially once once uh once there's a loser once once somebody ends up not winning how does that go forth you know is is there awkwardness with that how does that continue yeah it'll be interesting the way that plays out i'm sure dan lambert will have say so right and in, dan in is final decision. and dan is actually colby's manager like that's in and a guy that he's taken from college and basically raised up from the start george has been there a very long time but but colby colby's a a homegrown from the start product um so that's that's got to be an interesting wrinkle into it too but it was pretty clear uh here was yesterday if you didn't hear it this was on the stage of espn's post-fight show colby covington one of the uh one of the 
analyst they had up there yesterday was Kamaru Usman, the champ, the undisputed uh, welterweight champion. How many times you dug me? You don't want to fight me. Name when I ducked you. Hey, name you want to fight me when I had fights to fight Woodley? Every single time. Name Every single time. Go ask my manager, Dan Lumber. You see, you think Dan Lumber's your manager? I'm asking you. Name one time. He's my manager. Name a time. Every single time. Name a time. Every single time. Name one. Guys, guys, three months. Question for you. Question for you. You were offered to fight me. You don't want to fight me. You got fake fake injuries. You have mentioned you have mentioned Madison Square Garden. So yep. that's an ideal time frame for you to fight in November Kamara. Is that a possibility? It's a, it's a possibility tonight. Let's do it you tonight. Let's do it right now. Let's go right now. Let's go right now. You suck, bro. Let's do it right now. Look at that. Look at you that. You suck. He talks big. You talk big. security in oh, front yeah. of us. Oh, yeah. Says the we guy who hasn't fought in eight months. I took this we fight on four weeks ago. No training. Listen. Yeah, they weren't going to fight. See, that was the thing that was like, all right, Usman's taking off his jacket. They're not going to fight. It's not going to happen. And I wish they would have. Like, it even got to the point where Usman was looking at the security guard. All right, you're going to hold me back now? You're going to catch back? me, right? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, come in. He's like, hey, you got this? You got this? You're going to step in between us, right? Like, this is All right, let's do this. Well, they're not going to mess up their money. No, and if of they, course not. If they did, they would be pretty stupid. It would be, it, it would be stupid. But, I, you know, it seemed like two smart guys. They may be, they may be, um, don't speak smart all the time and mm -hmm. say the best things, but they're, they're they're pretty savvy guys. I think they understand. I don't think that they would they would do something to risk the potential fight. Hopefully in the near future. Hopefully before the end of this year. Yeah, they were talking Madison Square Garden in November, uh, which has kind of become a, a little tradition for the UFC. Uh, yeah, that would make the most sense. I. That's kind of been the one problem with the both of them. And I think why a guy like Masvidal has has risen to the level that he has is, look, Covington was an interim champion. So he had his 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 golden ticket to get the title shot. He still had his belt last night. Yeah, of course. He's never leaving. He's, I think he called uh, I think he called Usman's belt the Power Ranger belt, which I thought was a funny line for <laughs> those who were a fan of that when uh, when they were kids. I remember the old the old Green Ranger. It's kind of, it did I'm telling you, Seema, it did look like his belt. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. That was it's a good reference. But um yeah, from the standpoint of these guys, I, you got to see them active at this point. You know, like it, it, neither one of them is established enough to where you can drag this out for, you know, 8 months, 6 months. I mean, if this is going to be something where people are going to remember that and remember that exchange and ESPN's going to play it all over and over and over again, all right, let's get to it. Let's not be one of these things. And and Covington was even saying that he fought this fight or he fought this Robbie Lawler fight on four weeks' notice with no training camp because he had a bad cut. So he didn't really get to spar or any of that stuff, um, which, you know, is very impressive when you think about the performance that he went out there and put put forth for everybody. But, you know, if that is the case, we're talking about a guy that's that's had a little bit of a struggle to stay healthy because he hasn't fought a lot. He has been kind of on the shelf and, and sitting idly by while other people were – getting shots at the welterweight title or, or fighting for the belts. And Usman's really the guy. Like, the fight that was supposed to happen was 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 Covington versus Woodley. Those guys had the heat be between each other. And with with everything that happened, Usman's star ro rose and rose to the point where he got the shot above Covington. Like, he got the old Dana White, like, oh, no, 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 you're not going to demand. If, you, if Covington thinks he's going to get the shot just because, no, I'll give it to somebody else. I'm Dana White. I'll do whatever I want with the division. And... I hope that these guys do take advantage of where they're at right now, which is, all right, you guys put on the dog and pony show yesterday. Great performance from Covington. Dominant championship performance from Usman. Let's go. Like, we got to make this happen and not just, like, sit this in and put this uh, to simmer for later. You need to have this fight as soon as possible. 
I would agree with that. This is not a fight that the fans are going to clamor for. Right. It'll be a good fight, and fans will talk about it after it's announced, but they're not going to to get on social media and and drive the dialogue and force this fight to happen if that's what they're expecting. They're in. I think. They're I don't in think. For a yeah. Big I surprise. just. I don't think they can. I, I don't think that that recipe is there, which is why. You know why I think there is still some argument from Osvaldo, even though they're not going in that direction. I do feel like fans are going to clamor for his next fight because his last two knockouts have been so sensational. And you could say, well, he's two and two over his last couple of fights, and uh, Covington's won eight in a row. I get you, but how many times have we seen guys pass over Damian Maya, who was on a huge streak, or Tony Ferguson, who was on a huge streak, or Max Holloway, who was on a huge streak because some guy was hotter, some guy was. Uh, was was getting more eyeballs. Some guys' fans were clamoring for even more. It happens all the time in UFC, and you could look at it in, in a in a broad view and say, "Oh, he's two and two over his last fights." Yeah, but he's also two and zero his last two fights in the most sensational way possible. And what he's done in those, you know, that that under a round against Darren Till uh, against uh, Ben Askren, and what he did to Darren Till in his hometown is going to stick with people a lot more than what Covington did. Even realizing, yeah, Covington's deserving. But who do the fans want to see more next, um, even though the UFC seems clear in their decision? Yeah, understood. And, and I think also Dana has showed the propensity to put together the most exciting fights. Right. So these guys jump each other because they're either more exciting and deserving of it from that perspective because it will create more excitement and intrigue from a fan's perspective, or... They've talked themselves into a fight, and the fans are pushing for it, so they can right. kind of gauge what the level of interest is from a pay per view purview perspective. But I do want I do wonder this. Um, we know Dana Dana is a guy who spoke at the Republican National Convention, big Trump guy, big fan of Trump because of Trump's support of mixed martial arts early on in the sport. You know, you have the family there is watching the cage side. The president is tweeting out, "Fight that, hard tonight, Colby." That was very interesting. Yeah, and so. I got to imagine Dana probably likes the idea of, hey, you got a guy who the president supports fighting for the championship. I think the promoter in him looks at that, too, and says, oh, that's the thing. I, I need to take advantage of that. Why well, he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury rolls on here. You can text the show 67974, brought to you by Texter writes in, I want to see George get his title shot, but I'm down to watch Colby Covington get beat up whenever. The thing is, though, man, I don't know how many more guys we can say that's going to happen to Colby with because we keep thinking that's going to happen, and everybody says that he that he sucks and he's terrible, and, you know, I saw Ben Askren was making fun of him. Does anybody Has anybody ever uh, taught Colby Covington to put in a rear naked choke because he's basically it kind of looked like the old wrestling matches yeah. back in uh, World Wrestling Federation where you'd you'd switch the hold on the on the sleeper hold back and forth back and forth but it almost looked like he was trying to make Robbie uncomfortable and, and not that, gas out I don't know I agree I think that he was just continuing to put the pressure on make Robbie think and if he could get him to slip then he would be able to you know lock the choke in you know, we've seen guys, not that this would be Robbie, what we've seen guys tap or submit from a neck crank. Yeah. And he was in the position to be able to do that to a degree. You wonder, too, if, uh, yeah, you wonder too if, if he knew the best way to go about this because, look, Robbie trained a long time at American Top Team. It was a big storyline going into this fight about 
uh, Colby being upset that he turned his back on ATT, and that was his big selling point of the fight. But I imagine he knows what the the path is to go beat that guy better than a lot of people is. Yeah. You know, he's, he's I'm sure, sparred a lot of rounds when Robbie was on top. I'm sure those young guys are out there, and they're trying to get rounds uh, amongst them, and, and he has that intel and, and knows the path. And, and, you know, and also, look, Robbie's 37 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, that 38, also, I think. Isn't he? I, I thought they said you might be right, but I think they said I thought the graphic yesterday said thirty seven. So, which is kind of crazy because I saw like the Jim Miller Clay Guida fight. I was like, oh, 36, 35. and I was like, I think Robbie's older than that. That's yeah. pretty wild. Imagine that. And you wouldn't think that because you thought we were fi- watching a couple of geezers in the co-main event. Although great performance by Jim Miller, great performance, very good. Not such a great performance from Herb Dean. Nah, I don't know what he's on doing. two fights. Speaking of like wrestling, do you remember like do you ever watch the old wrestling matches where like you'd have to like raise the guy's hand, let it drop, raise the guy's hand, let it drop, and it has to be no 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 no. It's like the the Hogan would power up and yep. say no 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 Start brother shaking and trembling. Let like, me was, tell you something, brother. Was Herb Dean expecting that? Like what was the stra- strategy? Like on the one, I think it was uh, it was the uh, the Marshart fight where he yes. goes. And he he was on the other side, so he didn't see what was going down. So he was like going, he was like under the hood checking, like is is, is Buddy okay? That fight happened around four twenty, didn't it? <laughs> is is Herb shook from the Robbie Lawler fight with the Ben Askren? Like, is he at that point where like he needs a heart monitor out there and he needs to boop boop boop? Like, I don't I don't understand. I was I was so confused by Herb yesterday. I thought the the funny part about all of it was that Michael, was it, no, Bruce Buffer, and the commission was yelling to Herb Dean. You can see it visibly on the camera. He tapped, he tapped, and then like five seconds later, huh? he stops. He stops. Yeah, like the uh, Dom- Dominic Cruz was shouting. It felt like a, the ring, the corner was shouting it out. Everybody was shouting it out. Herb, I think I, I, the Ben Askren fight has to be in his head. It has to be. And this look, he's looked upon as one of the best guys out there. I mean, how many guys have officiated more fights and big martial arts matches than Herb Dean? Big John McCarthy? Is that it? Is that the list? But it does feel like we come out of these cards time after time where we're like, well, what the hell is Herb Dean thinking there? And it's it's never on one side. It's always like, that was too early. That was too late. And I guess you're only going to complain about refs when they do a bad job. Yeah. But it feels like he doesn't have a sweet spot of where he messes up. He's either... Too late to the party or has a quick trigger? I don't know. He's got bad response time. <laughs> but shout out to Jim Miller. That was a cool performance. He's uh, he, he looked really good. But he I, did, and he got staggered. Yeah. You know, he got, he he got, got cracked. hit hard and came back and responded well, which, which is attributed to his being in great shape and his training and landed another shot and then caught Guida. I never expected that fight to end in the first round. I thought that would have been a three-round grinding affair right clay guida dancing river dancing around in the cage what did you think of the the start time yesterday i was like i was first of all I was surprised i i almost like again like we talk about this every week i had no idea this card was starting at three o'clock and i was like i see on twitter they're like main card starting now i was like what i actually loved it because it was on tv it was it was on so just good old-fashioned espn i didn't have to try to watch it on the internet or on a phone <laughs> It was a nice change. It was it was good having that back. Um, and I know that sounds old school, but I, I enjoyed it. I didn't you, have to adjust my antennas. 
Well, look, you know, I, I I've I've adjusted to to quote unquote stream world. Like I got a Fire Stick, I got I got the HDMI cable to my laptop if I have to use that, but it ain't the same. Like it is it is a pain where you have to like go. Oh, the streaming's not that great. Oh, it's not jumping to the right part of the spot. Oh, I'm way behind on delay. It is it it still just cracking open an old for a live event. Just right, good old fashioned cable or satellite. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love love the change. But yeah, man, Herb Dean yesterday, just just waiting for you to just completely be obliterated before he was going to end that fight. Um, Scott Holzman had a great fight yesterday. His performance over Dung Hyun Ma, the maestro, uh, that got stopped by a gross eye. Really gross. So good performance from him. He had his kid in afterwards. I always like that where they bring in the uh, the the old uh, the baby in the in the octagon. That baby was making the rounds because I saw him on the ESPN post show. I was like, man, that baby's not napping yet. Not tired. Screaming in his face, lifting him up in the air, and the kid was like in shock. It's like, what's happening? At least when Cowboy does it, he puts the earmuffs on him. Is he going to be that father that drops his kid in the pool and says, swim? I don't know. I've, I've noticed with my son, he's basically decided, I'm going to jump in the pool and learn how to swim. So I I have to be by him at all times. <laughs> he's, it's, it's a crazy age, man. So, yeah. the uh, What did you think of Colby's post-fight where he is uh, making the Matt Hughes <laughs> Making the Matt Hughes joke afterwards where he says, uh, it's a strong lesson Robbie should have learned from his good old buddy Matt Hughes. You stay off the tracks when the train's coming through, Junior. Doesn't matter if it's the Trump train or the Colby train. Get out of the way. Obviously, Matt Hughes, uh, if you guys don't know, Matt Hughes had a pretty horrific accident where he got stuck on train tracks and got hit. Um, where there are some details of that that's still pretty strange that he is uh, just ended up on train tracks and getting hit by a train. But... Uh, Matt Hughes actually uh, was like, listen, it's the fight game. You can't have thin skin. So he kind of rolled with it just fine. But um, Kobe's going to go that way, man. Like, he's yeah. he's clearly gone in the direction. No, There's no line that's too far for me right now. He, he has completely embraced and immersed himself in the persona of Chael Sonnen, except he can fight. It's the big difference. Yeah. You know, he's actually delivering on a lot of his talk, and not to say that Chael didn't have some great victories, but there was always an asterisk over a lot of Chael's wins. Mm -hmm. I think his biggest claim to fame was that he took Silva to five rounds, ultimately to be be beaten in the fifth round. That would have been a legacy changer for him. Correct. That would have been a legacy changer for him. Um, And Kobe's already gotten an interim title to his name, and yeah, he is, he, I, I think that's the thing, is everybody looks at him and they think, this dude sucks. He's he doesn't have power. He doesn't have he you know he's he's kind of a a, a a scrappy wrestler. He's not he's not like GSP where he just lays on you and 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 dry humps you for five rounds. He kind of just keeps up down up down up. Down. He's just gonna wear you out, wear you out. But man, I mean, he was hitting some good like among the the natty little pestering little jab that he was going. He's hitting some nasty body shots. Hitting some hit that 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 crazy shot to end the uh, the end the fifth round. So. If you throw 500 punches or you land 500 punches, some of them are going to hurt because Robbie did not. When when Robbie got to that post fight scrum, it was a swollen face he had. Yeah, in, indeed, and and he was very technical with his punches. I was surprised at how technically what technical he was with punching, and his footwork was amazing. Yeah, he was he was everywhere that made it awkward for Robbie to get a punch off, and he threw. So many punches and backed Lawler up that Lawler could not 
really plant at any point in time and really take off. It was that, and that's why I say watching Robbie was so different because he almost he didn't find he was too worried about getting caught with something. Even if you don't think that Colby has any power or you think it's pitter patter shots, it had Robbie shook because Robbie was not a guy who was going through the fire, and there were there was a lot of. A lot of shots that he didn't want to go through to try and land the big shot to be a game changer. Like, yeah, there were some where he had Colby staggering back and he had him going backwards, but there was never that real moment of the fight where you're like, oh, that's a fight changer. Mm-hmm. That's a fight changer, and this is and this is going to completely swing here. I don't think we ever got to that moment. I, w- I would agree. I didn't see that happen at all. Text writes in, how does he not get tired? I don't know. It's one of his best at- – it's almost like you think of the guys with the all-time great cardio um, – I mean, Kane's always the guy they always talked about like that, where he just never got tired. And that was a huge advantage, especially at heavyweight, because heavyweights always get tired. But Colby, it's uh, it's a different level. And let's think about this Usman fight. Um, that was one of the things that, that people looked at Kamara Usman and thought, he's got big muscles, he is, he's going to guess that. That wasn't the case against Woodley. He was unbelievable, and he had just a different level. So... This is going to be an interesting fight in that it feels like whose gas tank is going to be better is going to probably end up being on top because they're probably about equal in skill set in a lot of areas. They're both really good wrestlers. They're both not the best strikers in the world, but will throw a lot of punches and will will hit you with a lot of volume to wear you down. So what gives? It kind of just comes down to who's got the better will in it, doesn't it? I think Usman's got the power. You think so? I think he's got the power advantage, and sometimes that's the ultimate equalizer. One shot can change the outcome of a fight, but both of these guys in recent fights have showed the endurance that's going to be needed for a championship fight. Right. And there's very few fighters that have the type of endurance can go five rounds plus. Yeah. And while I know championship fights are only five rounds, you have to be able to go five rounds plus because of the grueling nature of some championship fights. And, you know, you think of Max Holloway, who can fight forever. You think of Frankie Edgar, who has the endurance to fight forever. People used to say that about Ben Askren until he, you know, ate a knee. Right. And, and you know, so there's very few fighters that can go and push the pace at a high level, wear down their opponent and, and ultimately get them to a point where, where they're victorious. Max Holloway has a very similar style, not known for tremendous power, wear you down, wear you down, accumulation of punches, and ultimately right. finish you off. Max is, almost, um, Max is in a strange part because he doesn't really mix any wrestling in with it. It's pretty much just straight. It's straight basically one-twos, maybe a kick thrown in there here and there, but it's, it's, it's just basically throwing punches. These guys will mix it up both. Um, and due to the cardio standpoint, like, you know, everybody kind of – we remember the Emil Meek fight where Usman went in there, really bad performance, and he had the infamous quote where he's like, that was only 20% of me, and look what I did. I dominated for three rounds, and Dana's like, 20%? Well, why do I want to see 20% of you? That makes no sense. And since then, the Damian Maia fight went five rounds, dominated. Rafael Dos Anjos went five rounds, dominated. And Tyron Woodley went for five rounds, dominated. And Colby's been in the kind of the same realm where – he had the Damian Maia fight. That was three rounds, dominated. Rafael Dos Anjos, five rounds, won the interim title, dominated. And then this fight last night, five rounds, dominated. So these guys, I mean, they really just have gas tank for days. It's going to be it, – it is a fascinating fight in that regards of who comes out on top. 
I still don't know it to be. It, I don't know if it's going to come out and be like one of those all time classics. Um, it's not where I'm just like, oh, I, I think this is going to make for fireworks. I don't know if this fight's going to make for fireworks, but um, but it, it is it is intriguing from that standpoint of not knowing quite who has the advantage where. I think you're probably right that that Usman has the power advantage, but he's not he's not Woodley power. It's not it's not mm-hmm. it's not knock you dead. Um, and you know we just saw you know Colby in there with a guy who does have a lot of power and is very strong and he really took that away. Uh, it didn't it didn't seem to matter. I think he just complete. It looked like he just completely confused Lawler and and I just I don't think that Lawler going to that camp is the right fit. That camp didn't give him much intelligence as far as changing his his style or what to take advantage of all they kept saying to him in the corner that i heard was okay now's the time put the pressure on let's start to increase some punch your punch rate okay how do i do that yeah there's no window there's no window to do it it was uh it was it was it was a rough showing for robbie but uh but a great one for colby when we come back a little update on the chris cyborg scenario things got weird this week whoa Things got weird, and we're gonna do a little bit of uh, what went down in the boxing world, and get some uh, get some thoughts on what is coming up next week for UFC. That's after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. Hey everybody, Fighters Fury here on seven ninety The Ticket. Tobin and Sima here with you this morning. A couple of boxing notes yesterday. Adam Kwanecki he got himself a unanimous decision win over Chris Ariola. This is from ESPN. They combined to land 667 punches through over 21, 2,172. Both were CompuBox heavyweight records. The previous for record landed was David Tua, David Izon in 1996. And the record for throne was Ike Ubuchi versus Tua in their 1997 classic. That is crazy. That was a crazy amount of shots thrown last night for the bill for for two guys who when uh they stepped on the scales yesterday. I showed this to my my co-host Leroy Horde on Friday. I said, Look, man, not a lot of crunches being done between these two guys, but they throw a lot of punches. And that was uh it was it was it was a lot of action going on between these two guys. It really was. Yeah, they they're dunking donuts, not crunching anything. Nope. Crunching donuts, maybe. Crunching <laughs> They're like, listen, uh, the, what was that, 20, 20 sit-ups? Earned me a donut. Yes. Good for them, though, man. Uh, Kodaki's interesting. Uh, throws a lot of punches. I don't know where he he ends up being in the fold for getting a shot at Deontay Wilder. Deontay was on the call. and A lot of that. What, are you a fan of that when they put the the champ or they put the guy who is a, atop the division or maybe even a contender? Do you like the idea when they put them on the broadcast knowing they're doing that just to get the moment like we got with Covington versus Usman last night or you know uh Konecki and uh and Wilder were a lot um more cordial and cool about it but do you like that because I always find it a little bit awkward because you're there to do a job as an analyst and these guys want to get get reps in um but that is it does put you in a tough spot like what are you supposed to do like I think ESPN probably got what they wanted last night. They wanted to go completely off the rails. But, you know, we're in the situation where Deontay Wilder, we know that's not going to be the fight that's next. It's probably not the fight that's going to be in two fights. So Shouldn't what is he supposed to do? Fights either. Yeah, is this like, what do we, it, it, it puts him in a spot. What is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to be like, yeah, is he supposed to look soft in that scenario? Is he supposed to, 
Is well, he? he's going to have a hard time not looking soft. Oh, Kroneke, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's his look. But as far as as far as the the champ being involved in the the commentary, I think to a certain degree it gives you a personal outlook on the fighter like you can get to know him and hear him and hear his point of view. Yeah. But then on the other side when when they're actually involved in calling a fight for their own division, it seems so staged and very WWE. Yeah. No, agreed. I think I think it like last night with Usman versus Covington, like I'm sure they'll I'm sure the UFC will make it look badass in a promo, but it was happening I was like, "Uh, this is so weird." Because nothing's gonna happen, nothing's gonna happen. They're, they're just waiting for one of them to yell out "Mean Gene." <laughs> Love Mean Gene, man. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, also, Jean Pascal won a really weird technical decision over Marcus Brown. Where did he, you like that move called the battering ram? That's yeah, what it's called. Well, he not was, a left hook, not a right over, over an overhook. It's a it's a battering ram. I don't know who do you, who was the guy who was doing the judging. Was there? Uh, what the hell's the guy's name? The guy who recently passed away. Uh, how do I not know this? Harold Letterman. Who was the guy who was doing the Harold Re- Letterman role yesterday for Fox? I never got to see his name. Oh, my but gosh. He's the former boxing commissioner of the state of New Jersey. Okay, well, he had an interesting or thing. Or New York. He had an interesting thing where he... Larry Hazard. Yes, Larry Hazard. Senior. He He put the last round. He says, you have to score the last round. I'm scoring at 10-10. Yeah. So he added a draw. I think that's a good uh, that's a good pl- way to go because all those judges went this the round where they gave somebody the round and how do you do that when a round ends like that? What was it? Fifty seconds into the round two or a yeah. minute into the round? Like, how do you how do you how do you determine that? How are you supposed to like that? It, it feels like they should either not score it or they should just say, "Yeah, we're we're basically calling that round a wash." Because you're saying a guy can't medically continue on something that was an accident. Yeah, I don't think that you should score that round unless it gets to like the two minute and thirty second mark. You know, you don't have you don't have an appropriate sample size to truly judge a round at that point when you're at that phase of the round. And I don't think I think it, it should have actually been called a no contest because he Pascal had been warned throughout the fight. Watch the head. Watch the head. Watch the head. He's known throughout his boxing career for leading with the head and right. fighting ugly and wrapping guys up and being very awkward like that. And that's somewhat his style. Obviously, he possesses tremendous power, which which we saw on display last night with the three knockdowns. Those are the only two rounds he won in the entire fight. Yep, were those two rounds, and. You know, goes to show that you you can't get overconfident in in how you're you're uh, you're fighting yeah, at any point in the Mar- fight. Marcus is definitely in a situation where you know he's taken on a veteran who has been there before, and yeah, I think we saw a guy probably get a little bit too confident, and that's why he ended up in the situation he ended up with. Dropped his left hand and got was throwing was throwing punches in a way where he had total disregard for Pascal's power. And he he ate a two piece. Yeah, and didn't eat it well. <laughs> no, he did not. Did not go down smooth. Um. So yeah, that was uh, that was the big boxing from yesterday. Michael Conlon also won on ESPN Plus, uh, but that was a pretty uh, uneventful fight for the uh, for the Irishman. 
Now, I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on this. I thought this was interesting. Canel Alvarez, he is upset with Golden Boy, and I don't remember them really ever having a rift, Seema. Never. This is interesting. So he lost this week his IBF middleweight championship. He was supposed to take on Sergey Derevchenko. Um, there were some negotiations going on, but there's a fascinating thing with that because the zone has to approve certain opponents. If they don't think Der- uh, Derevchenko is worthy of, I guess, of the deal. Because of the money they gave to Canelo, they can say no dice. But they don't want Canelo losing his belts. They want him to be undisputed middleweight champion and um, understandable with that kind of stuff. So when this whole thing went down, I guess it was going to uh, – let me get the details up here from ESPN. The IBF granted an extension to Golden Boy to a Monday deadline. Even as the deadline approached, Devchenko had been uh, – having been approved by the zone with Canelo Alvarez, according to sources – Due to take as much as a five million reduction on his thirty-five million dollar license fee, uh, Golden Boy and Lou DiBella, who represents Derevchenko, did not have a deal. The Derevchenko camp agreed to extend the deadline until Thursday afternoon, and when no deal was made, the IBF followed through and stripped Alvarez of the title. What Alvarez is upset with is he had no idea that this was part of the deal, so maybe he would have been more in the negotiations of pushing them to get a deal done, so he wouldn't have been stripped of his belt. He ended up tweeting out this week that I'm very upset and ashamed with my fans to be unfairly stripped of my belt by the IBF, but specifically when I did not have knowledge of the agreement that Golden Boy Promotions matchmaker had signed. So that's interesting. Like, you have this giant deal with Golden Boy, with Canelo Alvarez. They have pretty much had a – I don't remember them having a bad relationship. If anything, Golden Boy went to bat for them very hard with the whole tainted meat thing that went down with the Triple G fights. Is this something that can cause a complete split? Is Canelo in a position where he can do that um, from Golden Boy Promotions? Or is he, I wonder what he's tied, is he tied down to more DAZN than he is Oscar De La Hoya? Because those guys have kind of been together, having Oscar be the face of his promotion for a long time, because Canelo's never been super comfortable doing a, a all, all English and, and, and media and stuff like that. So Oscar's kind of gone with the package of that. Um, but I found this fascinating. We don't we don't normally hear a big star like that call out his promoter that he was left in the dark like that, and they don't come much more powerful these days than Canelo Alvarez. Agreed, and and I don't think I think that they'll probably work through this. I don't see where first of all, depending on the deal they have in place, and it seems like they have a long term deal. Yeah, and I'm sure the deal has both parties built into it with the zone, the promoter who will supply the boxer and both probably have to sign the agreement. Um, so I believe there's long-term associated with the zone and there's probably a longer-term associated with the promoter. So those deals you can't just walk away from. It's not like football where you can demand a trade <laughs> and say you're going to sit out Canelo and not is play. Out. Yeah, no, Canelo wants to get paid. He obviously yeah. wants to do his deals. But um, I'm sure the idea that he already agreed to – take a little bit less to make this fight happen because it's still a good fight. Devchenko's is a good fighter. They've had a lot of trouble making this fight happen. There was a report I saw from Sports Illustrated where he was furious they couldn't make the Kovalev fight happen. That was the fight that he wanted throughout the entire thing, and they weren't able to make that deal come through. So this is the promoter or this is zone. This is the promoter. I think he's blaming it on Golden Boy not getting it done because zone wanted the Kovalev fight to happen. Uh, they have the, like, from what I understand... The zone has the licensing fee, but it's kind of on Golden Boy to figure it all out with the who the who the matchmaking will be. Right. So this is 
in a situation where Golden Boy, I'm sure, had a big part in negotiating this you know, $300 million deal with DAZN, but you feel like within the steps of making your next fight happen, they've screwed up a couple of times. So I don't know what that equates to with um, his relationship with them or, or what. I guess ultimately he's going to be mostly happy that he has this long-term guaranteed deal with DAZN, but interesting that, that, that they're not in this uh, kumbaya relationship that they've always seemingly been in. That's very true. I'm, I'm sure Al Heyman has already made a phone call to get in his ear and start to lay the groundwork for when the contract's over. Yeah. I won't do you like that. I'll get whoever you want. I mean, Al Heyman does make he, – he's a good he matchmaker. He makes things happen. He does make things and, happen. And it's, it, really goes, it really goes back to the, the T's and C's of a deal and, and where there's two parties that are in agreement that they want to make something happen. They're going to find a way to, to kind of – figure out the terms and conditions and and what what are all the ramifications not just financially but what kind of gloves they're going to fight with yeah who's going to you know we know who's going to walk out first um you know what what else could be thought is there going to be an immediate rematch what's the rematch clause all of those dynamics are are pretty standard in the industry usually it comes down to money and if the zone is footing the bill and they've already approved it then I'm not quite sure what would halt a deal from happening other than maybe the other side not wanting to agree to an immediate rematch. Match. But knowing DeBella, DeBella would take that opportunity regardless of what the rematch clause was. Yeah. And I, mean, I can't think having, of anything having, else. Having his guy fight Canelo Alvarez and knowing what that could mean, especially, well, like, you know, Canelo, uh, uh, I don't want to say he's looked vulnerable because it's against Triple G, but, you know, this guy's been in a lot of tough fights. You have to think, hey, maybe my guy can give him can, can give him something. And Derevchenko's been on top of that IBF ranking for a long time now and has been on the doorstep of getting this title shot with, uh, with them. Um, so it's just a really weird spot because it's funny that the, the biggest star in the sport is kind of in a place where he's not he doesn't have a dance partner. There's nobody to go with right now. Yeah, and it's it's very strange indeed because when you look at it, you know, those other parties are going to do whatever they can do within reason. When you look at Kovalev, that's Kathy Duva. Kathy Duva is going to do with whatever's in reason for her fighter to show up and get this opportunity. So is it the Golden Boy side that's pushing too hard on these guys and not giving them Anything. their just due right. as well? Not being willing to pay them market rate for a fight like this. That's It, it has to be financially to the opponent's side that they're not in agreement with stepping up and taking this fight. Yeah, no, th- definitely. Like, you're almost going you're going too cheap on it, yeah. you know? Like, you, you're, you're taking advantage of knowing what you're trying to make good – fights for Canelo Alvarez and and I'm sure DeZone is like listen we need to get subscriptions man it can't just be against anybody so you got to do what it takes because right now we're in a situation where we're supposed to DeZone is under the impression hey we're getting two Canelo fights a year and you're off schedule right now because we were supposed to have a fight in September and it's always supposed to be Cinco de Mayo Mexican Independence Day weekend that is the that's been Canelo's path now for years yes and now you're telling me that we have this guaranteed deal and I don't get a second Canelo fight this year, what the bleep? Like, if I'm John Skipper, I'm like, hey, man, you're a highest-paid entity right now. Why don't I have a fight? And why isn't this done? And you lost your belt. Yes, and you lost a belt. On top of all of that. Which only makes more of a headache for everybody else. 
Agreed. So speaking of headaches, uh, we talked about this a little bit with uh, Dana White and Chris Cyborg last week. Couple fascinating plot twists with this. So Cyborg, according to Dana White, was released. He did an interview with the UFC's YouTube page, did his uh, own in-house interview, and basically was saying that uh, done out of the out of the Chris Cyborg business, tired of dealing with all the BS, ready to move on. What was the video? Did you see the video that she put out there on social media, or that her quote-unquote production team? Yeah, it was it was her confronting, it was her confronting Dana White after UFC 240, and oh, it was they videotaped it right, but they put subtitles on the video, and it made it seem like Dana was saying, "Oh, it's just business," because they were making it seem like Chris was saying, "Oh, why do you lie about me not wanting the cyborg fight?" You know, she was wearing the cyborg versus Nunez two T-shirt. And, you know, they basically made it seem like Dana was just, oh, I'm just doing it for business. But she came out on Instagram and she posted, Dana and I have had many disagreements during my career with the UFC. And I've been adamant about standing up for myself in situations where I fear my character and, um, and statements have been misrepresented and used against me. But I also take pride in myself being an honest person and a true professional. I take full responsibility for the actions that resulted in the edited video being posted on my social media accounts. We were wrong, and I have addressed the issues with my production team so it does not ever happen again in the future. Um, so they say that they basically they misrepresented what Dana White was saying in those in those videos that, you know, they made it seem they were trying to make the boss look worse than he actually was. And he, he thanked her for it on Twitter. So I don't know if that opens the door again to get back in the Chris Cyborg business because she did kind of say oh no no we made him look bad right. in the spot where we want or if they did that because they don't want the ufc leverage part of this being out if she is trying to make a deal with scott coker or one championship i don't know but i found that interesting this week that chris cyborg who's never been shy to stand up for herself with the whole dana white stuff is now in a spot where she's saying no we were wrong here and dana actually acknowledged her apologizing yeah thanked her wow yeah thanked her I'm surprised. Me too. <laughs> I am too. That's, that's shocking. That's a, that's, it's a weird spot. So I don't know what comes of this. Um, I still feel like this has kind of run its course. We talked about it last week. Do you remember? Yeah. We talked about it. Like her best, her best thing to do for her career and the mystique of Chris Cyborg is to probably go to another organization and dominate. Yep. Because the one person that she could not beat and most likely will, will not, not beat. beat is Amanda Nunez. So if you're inevitably going to have to fight Amanda Nunez, then you probably need to go to another organization. How many fights do you think Cyborg has left in her? Three, four? Three, four, yeah. Probably a couple of years. So go fight, go sign a two-fight or three-fight deal with another organization and come back in two or three years and fight Amanda Nunez in a one-off. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting, too, because Amanda's in the spot where she's saying she only feels like she has one or two fights left. But I feel like she's too good. I think the best thing for her right now is just to say that, go away, and then the comeback fight's even bigger. You know? See what, what woman emerges in that time that she's away to make it a big deal. All right, we're out of time, man. We are? We're out of time. We got to go. Wow. We got to go. We're getting booted off. We're getting booted off. Uh, everybody have a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you same time, same place next week. Fudge Fury. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.